Hey, lie detectors. I'm Jamie. And I'm Melissa. And this is Lipstick and Lies. Hey, Melissa, what's going on? Not much. This is a great week. I am getting close to having my son graduate in now like a couple weeks and I'm getting kind of nervous. Oh so, my God. I, I, I understand the nerves. First off, congrats to him. He is so Thank sweet. You. I've only talked to him like one time when he was on speaker. Uh-huh. Remember he was giving us all that like social media advice, which oh, I yeah. feel like he's definitely knows what he's talking about. But that's so exciting. I remember being a little nervous too, but like mostly it's like a feeling of relief. At least it was for me when my older kids graduated? Well, I think I feel relief about my son graduating, but I my nerves are because I'm hosting the graduation party. Got it. And we're a blended family. So the ex, ex-in-laws are coming to town and... <laughs> Uh oh. I totally relate to this. That's always, okay. it's always like, I mean, once you have a couple glasses of wine, you're probably going to be fine. Then you're having it at your house on your territory. So I feel like everybody will, on that end will probably be like other best behavior. Not that they wouldn't. I don't even know these people. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I'm not worried about their behavior. I'm worried about the awkwardness. You yes. know, it's, it's definitely now we're years post divorce and, you know, everything's been really amicable, but I mean, I haven't been in a party setting with my former in-laws and I don't know if I'm meeting my former husband's new girlfriend or not, if she's going to be coming into the picture for this. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're fine, but it's, but it's also, that's the not knowing. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what to expect until these people walk in the door and then you're like, oh, she is here or she isn't here. So that would give me a little bit of anxiety, not knowing whether she was going to be there. Well, and it's been years. I've never met her. My son tells me great things about her, but basically probably what a lot of families feel in blended family situations where, and maybe not blended family situations, I guess gatherings of families are always complicated. They're complicated, such a good point. And there's always some level of like awkwardness, but especially with blended families. And I know because, you know, we have a blended family as well. So I've had to do that a time or two. And it's always awkward at first, but it seems like everybody kind of settles in and gets comfortable. So I'm sure everything will go off without a hitch. But of course, I can't wait for you to call me afterward and tell me all about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be telling you all about it. I cannot wait. And hopefully it will not be featured on an episode of our show. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just kidding. I know. So, Melissa, if I say Texas stage mom and pom-poms, does that ring a bell for any somewhat notorious cases we grew up with? It doesn't. I'm but I'm picturing Honey Boo Boo for some reason. <laughs> We are definitely not covering Honey Boo Boo or Mama June today, but guess what? That's a future episode. (laughs) Hold on, let me add that to my list. Uh, No, okay, so we're going to be covering a case that I know when I dive into the details, you're going to know exactly which one I'm talking about because you and I are about the same age, mid-40s, we're 90s kids. We grew up with this case and I know it hit your TV screen because it was like, it made national news. So I cannot wait to dive into it. 
I know. (laughs) You'll have to excuse me because I don't know if you can notice anything different, but I recently had my Botox and I decided to go for the lip flip this time. And I've done it before. Have you ever done the lip flip? No, I've been hearing about a lip flip. And first of all, lip injections are incredibly painful. So I don't know how like how you're coping. (laughs) So Botox is one thing that's not painful. Like to me, it's like a a one on the scale of 10 as far as pain. Now lip injections would probably be a whole different thing. I've heard those are pretty darn painful. Actually, my friend friend actually passed out. Um, But then I've heard other women go, no, they numbed me. And it was like a level four or five out of 10 which maybe I I could handle. But no, the Botox lip flip is just a little like right above your lip. To me, it feels like almost nothing. But where I'm struggling, and I did this one one time before, and I should have learned my lesson, but like being a podcaster, I have to talk into a microphone. It affects the way you talk. And like your lips move differently. So when I'm pursing my lips together, I'm really struggling right now because the Botox is still there. (laughs) And I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> so I'm going to try not to say any peas during this oh my presentation. Gosh. Oh my gosh. It's well, hard. I'm glad to know your experience with the lip flip because that just came into my world like that. I've never even heard about it until just recently when I went to get my hair done and my hairstylist was telling me that she invests in lip flips. And I, I was like, what is that? Because I had lip injections and they're incredibly painful, even though they numb your lips, it, it's just, it's just really painful. So I've done it twice. I was thinking about doing it again, but I don't, and I just don't want to go to the office and do it. But you You have really nice full lips. Like I don't, I have thinner lips. And so I've thought about lip injections, but I'm, of course, I'm afraid of the dreaded like duck duck face. And listen, Mm -hmm. some women rock that and that's exactly what they want. It just doesn't happen to be what I want. I want it to be like, you look at me and you're like, Jamie looks a little better. I just don't know why. Like I want it to be where you're second guessing. Like I look better, but it's like just slightly enhanced. So I haven't gone lip injections yet. I'm not saying that I wouldn't, but I did the lip flip thinking that it would help me with like the fine lines that I'm starting to form on my upper lip. And you know, I've never really been a smoker, but I it just I, I laugh, I talk all day, you know, so the lines are just there. But I did the lip flip thinking that it would deal with that. And I think it probably made like a slight difference. But and then it's also supposed to flip your upper lip up a little bit so that mm-hmm. your your lips appear like slightly bigger. Um, I just I think that now that I've done it a second time, I'm really struggling to talk. <laughs> And when I gargle, like with my mouthwash at the end of the night, it's literally flying out of my mouth because I can't like, I can't explain it. You would have to just see it in action. But like the water or like the mouthwash just like pours out of my mouth when I, (laughs) it's so embarrassing. So let me ask you this, Jamie. I feel like as I've gotten older, I've wanted to experiment in different ways. I remember as a teenager, you know, doing the makeover where you do different hairstyles and different you know, makeup looks, but now my makeovers are injections. Oh, yeah. My makeover <laughs> is like a needle, a laser, a chemical that peels my face off. <laughs> but I love all of it. Like I, there are certain things that I just am like, I know about and I'm just super not into, but like, there's other things that like bother me about myself enough mm-hmm. to where I'm like, okay, maybe I would go and enhance that. Um, I'm always trying to achieve 
the look that, like I said, where you just look at me and you're like, dude, Jamie just looks like refreshed, maybe a couple years younger. But to me, I really don't care. Like, it's cool. I'm aging. I'm 45. I'm good with the little fine lines around my eyes and stuff. It's just that I don't want them to be like super prevalent. I want everything to just be like toned down a little, you know, just slightly better. And I'll reassess in five or 10 years and see how much my face has drooped. And if I need a lower facelift, I'll go there. (laughs) What do you think of women who don't fess up that they've done any work? Okay, this is a really good question. And it came up on one of my other podcasts where I talk about like viral trends and things on trend vetters. But I have zero issue. Like for a woman who doesn't have like a big platform, like maybe you or me, I mean, maybe some people know us from our shows and from your TV work, but like, we're not like JLo, right? So if I go on Instagram and I do a bunch of selfies and videos and I never say that I've had, you know, my lips done or, you know, Botox, or I never say I've had this or that, that's fine. That's my business. I don't think I have, I don't need to disclose that to anybody. Where I I have a little bit of an issue is maybe a lot of an issue. I go back and forth is, is women and men with, um, and everything, you know, however you identify, if you have a large platform and you are going on and you are showing yourself in a bikini and your waist is perfectly snatched with a six pack and your boobs look perfect and your ass looks perfect and your lips look perfect. And all these vulnerable young people are looking at these pictures and thinking that's reality or that's even like easily achievable. Like they did it. Why can't I? And they're feeling really bad about themselves. And But these people are with a platform are not disclosing that they had work done. I mean, the people who come to mind would be the Kardashians. Okay. We all, it's no secret that everybody, it's widely rumored that they did did the BBL, uh, potentially lipo, potentially lips. And again, I have zero issue. You can get whatever procedure you want. We all have insecurities and whatever makes you feel better, 100% go do it. I, I have no judgment there. It's just that if you have a platform and you're not copping to it and you're being questioned about it, you're making, I guess, vulnerable, insecure people believe that they should also look like that or that they should be able to easily look like that. And they feel worse about themselves. And maybe they even turn to self-harm or even worse. So I really do go back and forth because in one way, it's like, well, it's, it's a person's choice like they could do whatever they want. It's not like they have to go tell the world. It's just when you have a platform and your whole brand is built on, this is the way I look, but the way you look has been enhanced 20 times by all these different procedures, which again is fine. But when you don't disclose it, I think you could get into dangerous territory with especially vulnerable younger people. Okay. So let's get into this case. So I'm going to call this episode, Wanda Holloway, Deadly Pom Pom Mom. No, I don't I know that Yes, here I we go. It. So, Melissa, one more question for you. Were you ever a cheerleader? Oh, God, no. I wanted to be. I wanted to be one of the it girls. Um, I tried out, and I remember... Um, <laughs> auditions where I, I I don't recall the song or anything, but I do recall sitting in the gym on one of the bleachers and watching the girls audition before me. And then I knew, I knew immediately I was way over my head because these girls were, <laughs> were they already knew how to do the splits. They were coordinated. They were in like, at that point, years of professional dance. And 
And then I was mortified to even follow up, you know, and go up there. I can't believe I didn't just walk away. I should have, because <laughs> all I did was just kind of do a little jiggle, a little dance. And I thought it was cute. And I I didn't, und- I didn't appreciate, you know, the skill and what it took to be a cheerleader, the, the talent and the athletic, you know, to be that athletic. I thought this was all kind of a popularity ticket where you get into the club and all of a sudden your existence is validated. Well, <laughs> uh, first of all, I think it's so cool that you did try. And I think it was extremely brave of you because I know it's extremely hard to go and put yourself out there like that. Just when... glad there wasn't cell phones. Yeah, <laughs> there is no record of this. No record. Uh, other than the story that you just told. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. Like when we're that age, it is kind of like, oh, if I make it on the squad, I'm going to be like elevated. I'll be a little more popular, yada, yada. I, I had some experience being a cheerleader. Um, but of first- course. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> well, you're going to hear how this story ends. And I don't know okay. if this is going to track with what you know about me. But um, I did make the ninth grade cheerleading squad in junior high, because in my day, junior high went all the way to ninth grade. And I made the squad. I went to a summer cheerleading camp. Camp. In fact, I have a picture I can share. Okay. Before I do... Uh, the first day of school rolls around ninth grade and I'm in my cheerleading uniform because they tell you on certain days, like you need on game days, you got to wear your uniform and first day of school and everybody has to be like down to the socks. Everything has to be the same. So I wore my uniform. Um, but during lunch, I got into a fight <laughs> in my uniform. No. <laughs> and of course, no. when I got, <laughs> does that track? <laughs> You don't know me yet. You don't know me yet, Melissa. (laughs) I got pulled into the counselor's office and I remember my counselor being like, okay, so Jamie, um, you being in your cheerleading uniform. It's not getting, school spirit. Yeah, exactly. She's, <laughs> this she is not goes, school spirit. This is not exactly, it's exactly what she said. She's like, that's not exactly our idea of school spirit. And I was like, yeah, I guess you got a point. So I got kicked off the squad and... I was devastated, but I was even more devastated for my parents because they had paid for me to be on the squad. And I think at that time it was about $800 and it's not like my parents had tons of money. And so I still to this day feel absolutely awful. Um, But uh, it is what it is. And I did go to a little bit of a rough junior high. Uh, I'll pull up a picture just to show you. Let me see if I can. uh, It could have been more opposite. I was living my life in the library. I was in drama club. (laughs) <laughs> I honestly wish I would have taken that route, but I was a little bit of a rebel. Um, I was about the social aspect. I did get really good grades. I was in like advanced classes all the way through eighth grade, but right after eighth grade, it all fell apart. And I wanted to sort of like F around and had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I was super social. I know that that probably, <laughs> you're not shocked. Um, I was like I'm that just kid. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, like, you're so, um, the way you are in life today, I mean, you're holding down a business, you're running things. I mean, you run a tight ship. So I, I can only imagine you in high school. Okay. You look like a mean girl. Yes. I was was avoiding you in high school. Okay. I honestly, I promise you, I was not a mean girl and I wasn't. This picture, let me describe this picture. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> I wanted to call you a Heather. Like it looks like the three Heathers. <laughs> <laughs> another classic. Okay. Yeah, another classic movie. Jamie's in the middle with sunglasses. And of course, as they all do, they're all wearing matching t-shirts. And Jamie's giving this kind of like, fuck you attitude. I'm cool. <laughs> And with I a just, pose. Yeah. With, like, like, and you look like the leader in this group. Like all the girls just kind of follow you. No. I, well, <laughs> oh my God. I freaking love your description. So I, I really do cringe at this picture. I, I cringe a little bit, although I did have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, but I'm probably, if you get to know me today, I, I'm also, I'm super nice and, and, and like, but until I'm not like, I can be real spicy if need be, I guess is the way to describe That's it. Good. But That's yeah, good. anyway, I mean, this is the summer camp. It was great while it lasted. I got kicked off for fighting. Um, here's another picture. Um, okay. so this just, <laughs> I don't know. Can you guys see? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is look at it. Look at like that. What is that necklace called? The shell necklace. Puka shells. They were that so you, popular in the you 90s. You go to Hollister or Abercrombie and Finch. Yeah, this was probably these. like wet seal or like uh, Miller's <laughs> outpost. And I think the shirt, it's like a striped like crop top. And it's, I probably got it again at like wet. I got everything at like wet seal guess or uh, Miller's outpost. But yeah, this is free. I had like the burgundy lip liner with the freaking mm -hmm. lighter lips. It was terrible. It was okay. totally in. It was totally in. But you do look like you could be on Fuller House. <laughs> like not Fuller House. Well, that's the that's yeah. the sequel. Full House. Yeah. You look like you could be on the original Full House. Oh, like, hey, what was her name? DJ? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, please. Oh, sorry. I don't want to get, but she's not my favorite. I'm not a fan, but I did. Yeah. I was a fan of her back in the day. So I would totally take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, I want to show because you sent me a oh. picture. And now here is a picture of you in is this high school? Mm -hmm. Let's pull it up. Okay, it's up. Drama. You were in drama club. Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Okay, so describing okay. this picture, you had ex like very full beautiful blonde hair swept to the side. Um, oh, you have a really big smile. You look super happy to be there. Your shirt is like horizontal stripes with like little drawstrings. It looks like you got it at like, I don't know, one of those classic 90s stores that we all used to shop yes. at. Like, I don't know where it would have come from, but it, you were absolutely adorable. And I freaking oh, love thanks. that you were in a drama club. I loved it. I love drama club. And I was in choir. I was in all the arts. That's That was my path. Is that does not surprise arts. me. Now that mm -hmm. totally tracks with what I know of you today. You do seem like a creative person. Um, but you're also like very zen. When I talk to you, you're, oh, you always seem very relaxed. You're very zen when you talk. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I think I'm the opposite. Oh. <laughs> Plus I'm all jacked up on coffee right now. So that oh. doesn't help. <laughs> Okay, so that is so fun. Okay, so I love it. In, let's get into mm. the story. Okay, I love our little cheerleading stories. All right, so a key source for this is going to be uh, an episode that I watched of City Confidential. It's season four, episode six, Houston La Porista. I don't know if there's, it's a Spanish word, La Porista. It's P-O-R-R-I-S-T-A. Okay. I actually don't even know what the heck that means. So whoever's listening is probably screaming at their speaker going, it means this. Um, 
So yeah, that was a key source. But I also have a few other sources because, you know, when you watch these series about these old crimes, you know, from the 90s, they don't really get all the details. So I had to fill in the blanks a little bit with other sources. So this case takes us to the small town of Channel View, Texas. Now, Channel View is about a 15, 20-minute drive from Houston, Texas. Now, Houston is known for big oil. I mean, that big oil basically built that city. But, you know, it's also known for like 1961, the NASA space program came to Houston. And you know that old saying like, Houston, we have a problem. That came from the NASA space program that started in Houston, Texas. Now, as a native Southern Californian, I live in the LA area now. You certainly have lived in this area as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you will agree, but like when you think of Texas, I do sort of lump it all together and think like big trucks, big hair, big belt buckles, like kind of country. But, you know, Houston is not that way. Houston is probably a no. lot more like LA than, than, and I've never been there, but it's probably a lot more like LA than I, we would think. It's, it's, um, it's so different. Each city in Texas is incredibly different from Dallas to Austin to Houston. They couldn't be more different. I had a, a, about a year where I lived over in the Dallas area. And that's how I learned about how different each city is. But I would say the unifier is the level or I should say the amount of strip clubs and churches are (laughs) are phenomenal (laughs) in Texas. (laughs) I love the the (laughs) dichotomy of the two. (laughs) So you're saying there's a lot of strip clubs. You got something to do on Saturday. Yeah, you got something to do Saturday night and you got something to do Sunday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess you would like wash away whatever you did on Saturday night. You go to church to like rid yourself of it. So Channel View, Texas, you know, Houston is like big buildings. It's, you know, big business, high rise buildings, a lot of culture, a lot of great dining. Channel View, however, is a lot more country. You know, it's more like, and again, I have never been there. But my research tells me it is a lot of country people, a lot of churchgoers, big hair, big trucks, and big belt buckles. So I think Channel View is more of what I picture all of Texas being, but I know damn well that all of Texas is not like Channel View. Like you said, there's a lot of like different, just like LA, you know, you Mm -hmm. go to one city, you feel like you're, you know, here and you go to like 10 minutes away and you're in a whole different culture and vibe. Yeah, I would say Santa Monica and Bakersville could, they're nothing alike. (laughs) Bakersfield, yeah. (laughs) Bakersfield, yeah, it's nothing. Alike. I would say those are two <laughs> opposite towns that are not too far from each other. So Texans are probably saying this to us right now. <laughs> oh yeah, Texans are exactly, and they're mm-hmm. they're so right. I mean, in LA, it's almost like <clears throat> there's a bunch of little countries within LA. You could literally feel like you're in another country. You know, you go to like Koreatown or you go to Olvera Street or you go to the 909, the Inland Empire where I'm from. And then you have Malibu and Santa. So there's just, yeah. But Channel View, Texas, for the most part, is a lot smaller. Things move a lot slower than than you would picture Houston. Now, Channel View is known for its ship channels, chemical plants, and oil refineries. Everybody kind of knows everybody there. 
There's a lot of modest homes, but a lot of air pollution as well because they have like these oil refineries. And so there's just really, really bad air there, which kind of terrifies me. Um, Not to say that LA doesn't have its issues with smog, uh, but I think it's for a different reason. Um, So yeah, everybody kind of knows everybody. Now, this might track for you, but when you think of Texas, um, high school football is really big in Huge. Texas. Yes. Huge. And Friday night lights, Friday mm-hmm. night lights. So in little, little old, you know, channel view football is huge. So on Friday and Saturday nights, all of channel views residents are at the football stadium. And you know, these quarterbacks and these football players and the cheerleaders as well are really held uh, on a platform. They're kind of like their own local celebrity, you know, these football players and these cheerleaders. And there's a lot of competition, especially with cheerleading. Every girl, and of course I'm generalizing, but it seems like every young girl uh, in Channel View, it's like they're born and bred to be cheerleaders. Like they come out of the womb and they've already got like a private coach or or they're in gymnastics and they're like training to be a cheerleader someday. That is the way that it like seemed in my research is like, these girls, there's so many people wanting, girls wanting to take the spot, but there's only just a few spots available. So it's the cheerleading structure in Channel View is very cutthroat. And sometimes if you have the means, you know, parents in Channel View will spend a lot of money on private cheer and tumbling coaches. Um, and there's, you know, seem to be a fair bit of stage moms who are really aggressive about my daughter will be a cheerleader and I will do everything in my power to get her on that squad. Um, and like to your point earlier, you tried out for cheerleading, but you had no idea that all these kids before you have been training to do this from a very young age and they're tumbling and twirling and mm-hmm. getting professional coaching. That's what it's like in Channel View. Yeah, a lot of stage moms, which brings me to the main character of our story. Now I want to bring up another picture. I'm excited to see this character. Yeah, I think you will. Yeah, you, it'll bring her to life. Now, this is Wanda Holloway. <laughs> <laughs> Is she exactly as you pictured? Oh my gosh, the perm. The, the perm, perm. The aggressive the, blush. And yes. <laughs> the big earrings. I could just see like my mom had this hairdo, so I know how she did it. She permed it and then you take this like banana comb and you frizz it out. Yeah, that's exactly. And you spray the Aquanet and it stays tight like a helmet all day long. (laughs) And you're literally like highly flammable, by the way. (laughs) And I'll describe Uh, her. So if you're listening to the podcast, I'm going to describe her. But the picture I've just shown back in 1991, this was 37 year old Wanda Holloway. She's only 37. It's the hairdo. The hairdo is aging her. The hairdo ages her. And I think that blush is in the skinny eyebrows, but I also was guilty of that in the 90s. But this was 37-year-old Wanda Holloway. She was living her best life at this time, Um, though though it didn't start that way for Wanda Holloway. While 37-year-old Wanda Holloway was living her best life in 1991, her life didn't start that way. She got pregnant at the age of 16. Her father kind of forced her to have a shotgun wedding to a man named Tony Harper, who was the father of her baby just like a week after she graduated high school. Um, And she, in fact, graduated in 1972 from Channel View High School. So she, Wanda Holloway had a long history in Channel View. 
And you'll see as the story progresses, she stayed in Channel View and got into a lot of trouble in Channel View. But as far as Wanda Holloway, she kind of is to me like the quintessential Texas stage mom look, if I'm just putting a look on it. She's a thin woman with medium to dark brown hair. She's got a big perm, hair's about shoulder length, and it's just like you said, back combed with a banana comb as far as it'll go. And Mm -hmm. she's got that aggressive blush that almost looks red high on her cheekbones. It's slightly like Tammy Faye Baker vibes. If you remember her, the church leader woman who used to like put on way too much mascara and blush. So she was always well put together. Wanda Holloway kept up appearances. She always looked the part of a Texas stage mom who was living her best life. She never would be like me going out in sweats with your hair tied back and no makeup on. Wanda would always be like dressed to the nines, looking looking her best. Now, after high school, like I said, she had the shotgun wedding. From what I researched, her father was a refinery worker. He was an elder in the Baptist church. Super strict. So much so that like Wanda Holloway, when she was in school, wanted to desperately to be a cheerleader. But her dad took one look at the length of those cheer skirts and said, hell nah, like you're not, <laughs> you're not going to be a cheerleader. The <laughs> skirts were too short. And I think this is sort of setting us up for... Wanda's behavior with her own daughter, who was going to try out for the cheer squad. Okay. So Wanda went on to have another child. So she had the first child, Shane, when she was 16. Then she went on to have Shanna. So Shane and Shanna Harper. But in 1980... Oh, she's one of those parents that want to name their kids the same alphabetical order. (laughs) Yeah, I think Kris Jenner copied Wanda Holloway. Yeah. (laughs) Her next child would have been... Yeah, like her next child would have been Sean and Shania. (laughs) Yeah, yep. Just keep it in the S family. Kept going. Yeah. So 1980, uh, she divorces uh, Tony Harper. Things don't work out. Wanda gets custody of Shane and Shanna, the kids. Now, in 1986, Wanda gets remarried, and uh, she marries a man named C.D. Holloway. Now, C.D. Holloway was a wealthier, older man. In fact, he was 20 years her senior, and he was in the oil business. So he, she married well. This time she knew what she was doing. She was on a mission. She found her wealthy older man. And now that brings us sort of to the around the time this crime is going to happen. You can see that Wanda's life didn't start out so easy, but she sure married, you know, a certain way. And now all of a sudden she's living in C.D. Holloway's nice. It was a modest home, but it was very well appointed inside. So now she's this woman married, you know, remarried to a wealthy, (coughs) a wealthier older man. And so now this is when she starts to shine. Okay. And she's got money now. Now she's got money, girl. And she is thriving in this role as the wife to a wealthier older man. This is the role that Wanda Holloway was born to play, right? So she starts to dress in the part, act in the part. She's a social light, a bit of a social climber. People describe her as funny and um, outspoken and, and outgoing and just charming altogether. Um always put together. I mean, anybody would say who knew her would say she was always dressed to the nines and put together. Now, in 1989, a few years after she married C.D. Holloway, uh, her daughter, her youngest child, Shanna, is going to try out for the cheer squad. And she did this 
probably she wanted to be a cheerleader, but also Wanda really pushed her and encouraged her to be a cheerleader. She's like, I really want you to try out for this squad. And this is junior high cheerleading. So because she never lived out her cheerleading fantasy, she pushed it on to her daughter. Yeah, she pushes it onto her daughter. And so Shanna does just that. But let me share a picture of Shanna. This is Shanna Harper as a teenager with her mom, Wanda. So there's, you can see oh they're on gosh. the Phil Donahue show. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Melissa and I could not be more excited about the launch of Lipstick and Lies. That said, with more work comes more racing thoughts when I'm trying to get to sleep. There are more deadlines to meet, and that's what keeps me up at night. Not to mention some of the disgusting perpetrators we discuss on the podcast. But anyway, Melissa and I are both big advocates for therapy, and we want all great things for our lie detector community, which is why we highly recommend BetterHelp to get you through life a little or a lot easier. I've personally found that talking through my issues in therapy has diminished the racing thoughts, leading to better sleep and an easier to tolerate version of myself. Just ask my husband. BetterHelp licensed therapists are just a brief questionnaire away. Once you've completed the questionnaire, BetterHelp will match you with a licensed therapist. And if you're not vibing with your therapist, you can switch at any time, no charge. If you're thinking about starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's all online and speaking from personal experience, it's extremely convenient, flexible, and suited to my hectic schedule. I mean, we lie detectors have true crime podcasts and documentaries to binge. So why wouldn't we choose an online therapy platform that provides an opportunity for us to get therapy without ever leaving the house? Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com LL today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash LL. But yeah, Shanna Harper, she's a, an attractive, blonde, you know, young girl in this picture who you could totally see her being a cheerleader. She's got her hair in a high ponytail with the high bangs that look like a wave, mm-hmm. like an ocean wave. And she probably sprayed the shit out of it with Aquanet <sighs> as we did. <laughs> so by the way, I have to tell you something because um, that wave, that front bang wave, so I I used to do that with moose. That's how I used to get the front wave was with, with moose. And there was this one time that um, I ran out of moose. So I went into my mom's bedroom and I grabbed what I thought was moose off of her dresser. And I put it in my hair and it was stiff and it, it smelled kind of funny. But I go to school and my hair starts, my bangs start falling off onto my desk. And... It was near. <gasps> it was near. I knew you were going to say near. First of all, <laughs> my brain went to like something about Mary and I'm like, oh no, this is going to be all... No, <laughs> just kidding. No. <laughs> but it was near. Oh my God, what a nightmare. Did you freak out? Yeah. And then thankfully, um, you remember when the fabric headbands came in and so you just pushed all your bangs back and in a headband that yeah. style came in shortly after that. So it was, I had these little stubs at the top of my head and I was able to cover them, but I'll just never forget. Like now I double check everything I grab. Obviously I have no nair at my house, but when yeah. I saw her hair with those bangs, it just got me, it brought me a flashback. You just got I, super triggered by that hair. Yeah, and I, I totally understand I why now. Thank goodness for your thick headband. I, I, I have actually those little singed parts right now. You can't see it because I slicked it down because I, 
put my, um, you know, that, that lounge, I don't know how you pronounce it, lounge or lounge hair tool. That's like, it heats up your hair and brushes it at the same time. And you can style your hair with it. Well, I guess it like got too hot and I did it oh, on my no. bangs and it kind of cinched up oh. <laughs> the shit we do for, for beauty. For beauty. Right. Okay. So of course, 1989, uh, Wanda is encouraging Shanna to try out for the cheer squad at Alice Johnson Jr. High. And um, it, it's around this time, it really does seem, I could not find a lot of information on the son, Shane. And it really does seem like he lived in the shadows of his younger sister. It does seem to me that like Shanna was the golden child and the one that uh, Wanda was living vicariously through. She's going to make that cheer squad if I have to kill someone. Mm -hmm. There's lots of competition, as you can imagine. And uh, one of the uh, girls who was a competition for Shanna Harper at the time was a beautiful um, teenager named Amber Heath. Now, let me show you Amber Heath. Okay. And Amber Heath and um, Shanna Harper were really good friends. They were childhood friends. They... um, would spend the night at each other at each other's houses growing up. Even the moms were friends. So this is Amber Heath. I couldn't find a good picture of her. They color. actually look alike. They yeah. They they look almost like sisters. I would think just one's brunette and one's blonde. Right. Like Amber Heath is again. She's an equally attractive young girl. She's got brown hair. Um, she, you can't see this picture, but she has like sparkling blue eyes and just like the quintessential girl who you know is going to make the squad. You know mm-hmm. she's going to, you know, be very popular in school. And so this uh, Amber Heath, like I said, she was childhood friends with with Shanna. They'd grown up together. Wanda and Amber Heath's mom, Verna, were very good friends as well. Everybody knew each other. And so Amber was also going to be trying out for this junior high cheer squad alongside Shanna. So they were kind of like each other's competition, but they were friends. And Amber came from a long line of cheerleaders. So Amber's grandmother was a nationally recognized uh, cheerleader. I think she was like a tumbler. Her mother, Verna, also cheered on a high level. So like this girl was like destined. It's in her DNA to make this cheer squad. Now, around this time, Wanda was very involved in Shanna's life. I mean, she spent a ton of time at the school. And a lot of people say that Wanda did that because she was trying to gain favor so that her daughter could make the squad. Oh, so she's over there like... That's a strategy. That's it a strategy. Is. And I think that she 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 was that kind of person who was like, I will do what it takes for my daughter to make that squad. And so this kind of tracks with what I learned about Wanda Holloway. And so seventh grade tryouts roll around at Alice Johnson Junior High. And unfortunately, Shanna Harper did not make the squad. And guess who no, she... No, no. Guess who got chosen Amber. right before her? Yes. Amber. Oh, no. Oh. So Amber Heath makes the squad so and she inches Shanna out. Shanna, I think, got third place or something like that <gasps> behind Amber. So it was like really close. Shanna oh. seemed okay with this, right? But oh, but Wanda, not mom. Oh, honey. Oh, not mom. <laughs> Wanda was pissed. Wanda had worked her whole life to, for her daughter. She had imagined it. She dreamt it. Like her, she was determined, you know, to get her daughter on the squad and she didn't make it. So it was a huge disappointment. And now Wanda Holloway did what any overbearing stage mom would do. What do you think she did to 
ensure that her daughter would make it the next time around? And collect some blackmail material. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going dark. You are going dark. Collect I like some, collect some um, blackmail material. She's got to know about some, you know, some affairs. She's got to have some dirt on some people. Well, I love where you're going with this. You're close. Okay. Okay. But what she actually did, you're actually not close. Okay. <laughs> but, okay. But, she, but you will be later in the story. She converted their garage at their home into like a mini gym. She hired a private cheer coach. So like literally every single day, her daughter, Shanna, is eating, sleeping, and breathing Texas Uh cheer. She Uh is. Yeah. So like Wanda is like, you're going to make it, girl. Like this is going to happen. And so Wanda became pretty much obsessed with her daughter making it. And eighth grade tryouts roll around. And at this time, even though this was totally against the rules, and Wanda knew this, by the way, she starts handing out rulers and pencils that say, vote for Shanna. Are you serious? Yeah. How embarrassing, (laughs) first of all. If my mom did that, I'd be like, mom, please get out of here. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, like, obviously, she's not allowed to do that because you're you're, you're trying to influence the vote. Okay. So, now... Get the, what do you think happened after Wanda breaks bends the rules a little bit to promote her daughter getting on the squad? What do you what do you think could have happened after that? Well, I picture her going to the audition, and you know the the parents that do the dance <laughs> well, along well, with the, the daughter, the daughter, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they're doing like all right, the hands, get the hands right. <laughs> no, head up her. and smile. Yeah. <laughs> doing a dance you know like she knows the routine I could see her doing that um okay that's the most innocent thing I see her doing (laughs) okay so well Wanda would have probably very much done that what you just described (laughs) had she had the chance however she screwed her daughter over because Shanna got disqualified for her mom's actions. So Shanna was not even allowed to try out at the much anticipated eighth what grade. What a relief cheer- though. What a relief for her. This was the first year that she didn't have to do this. Like, I I mean, if she didn't want to do cheer, I mean, yeah. can you imagine the pressure behind her? But like she automatically was disqualified because of her mother. And so she got a year break. Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe so she didn't f- get a break. Right. Well, I mean, do you ever get a break from Wanda Holloway? I just no. can't imagine. No. <laughs> this lady is persistent. No. So, you know, again, this is probably a huge disappointment for Shanna. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was a welcome break. But can you imagine? Okay, talk about pressure. Can you imagine the pressure cooker that was going on in Miss Wanda's brain at this point? Can you imagine the anger that this brought up in her, all the money and the time that she spent getting her daughter ready for this very moment and her actions to bend the rules got her daughter disqualified. So she couldn't even try out. And who do you think makes the squad again? Amber. (laughs) Right. So Amber Amber just blows past everybody. She makes the squad once again. And by this point, Wanda Holloway is absolutely fuming. So much so that she cuts off all contact with Verna Heath, Amber's mom, and Shanna and Amber Heath are no longer allowed to be friends because it just, we're done. We're not going to carpool anymore. We are not doing sleepovers. 
we are done. So now Aww. Verna Heath and Amber Heath are enemy number one for Wanda Holloway. I don't think this was the case for Shanna, but she probably was just sort of pressured by her mom to mm-hmm. end the friendship with Amber. So I'm this- hoping, I'm hoping that Amber and her snuck away at lunch and like still were being friends behind mom's back. Yeah, like, hey, I'm my hopeful. mom's kind of a bitch. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about my mom. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the rulers and pencils. And I'm sorry, just like literally everything. Like, I would be the grand apologizer for my mom if my mom was Wanda Holloway. How embarrassing. I just can't even imagine that I would, like, now I don't know their dynamic if it was different than me and my mom, but I would have just been like, mom, I love you, but please do not step foot on my school campus. You are really killing me with your overbearing stage mom vibes. Like you are very much embarrassing me. <laughs> Get oh out of here. I'm I'm thankful that I grew up feral now. I'm I'm glad that I didn't have any helicopter parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't have helicopter parents either. I, I mean, praised d- myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did a very good job. Thank wow. you. Thanks. Very good job. So 1991 rolls around and this is where things are going to turn really dark. Remember that Wanda Holloway is absolutely fuming. Her daughter couldn't even try out. Amber Heath, you know, she gets on the squad again. And so now the girls are in high school. The Channel View High School cheer tryouts roll around. This is January 30th of 1991. Now, on this day, before the cheer tryouts could even happen, Wanda thinks they're going to happen. But on this day, January 30th of 1991, two Harris County detectives are waiting at Wanda Holloway's house as she pulls into the driveway. Now, what do you think they were waiting? Why do you think they were there? For pencils. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, you didn't give us a pencil. (laughs) We want to vote for Shanna. (laughs) Well, you're close, but not really. Um, They had been secretly investigating Wanda Holloway for months. They even had taped conversations between her and another person. And basically, a tip months earlier had alerted them to a very sinister plot. And I will get to that. But when the, the, you know, when law enforcement arrives and they inform Wanda, like, you're under arrest, we're taking you to jail, Wanda looks at them and says something like, well, what should I wear? I've never been to jail. <laughs> That's my best Southern accent. <laughs> she sounds like she's I from wear? Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Just grab this curtain, ma'am, and make yeah. it into a dress. <laughs> oh my God. That is so good. Well, so she asked them what should she wear because she's never been to jail. And honestly, like Wanda seems sort of irreverent, sort of nonchalant. Like, okay, well, take me to jail. You know, what should I wear? So they take her to the Harris County Jail and she is charged with conspiracy to commit murder. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Here we go. So right after they take her to jail, the detectives arrive shortly thereafter at Verna Heath's house. Verna is Amber Heath, the popular cheerleader's mom and former friend of Wanda Holloway. Now they show up and and Verna Heath is like, what are you doing? She has no clue why they're there. And when they tell her, I mean, her jaw just drops. So before I tell you, let me show you a picture of Miss Verna Heath. Here she comes. There's Verna. Verna's in the white. 
So she also has the quintessential big Texas hair, 90s hair. It's permed. It's a bouffant. It's shoulder length. It's sort of like reddish brown. She's also got somewhat aggressive blush and red mm-hmm. lipstick. She looks well put together. Her daughter, Amber Heath, is standing right next to her. And so Verna Heath is completely shocked when these detectives show up. And she's like, is this about like cheerleading or like she has no idea why they're there. So detectives inform Verna that her former friend, Wanda Holloway, had hired somebody to kill her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. True Why her, though? Why knock her out? She well, you're going to find see, out. Okay. She doesn't seem like the person you would want to go after if you're going to take someone out. Why the mom who's not competing? Right. I love that you asked that question because there's actually a very uh, practical reason why Verna uh, Wait, has was Verna chosen. been behind the scenes, like manipulating the tryouts? Well, let's find out, shall okay. we? The tip that law enforcement received came from a gentleman named Terry Harper. They started investigating her. Now, let me show you a picture of Mr. Terry Harper. Now, this is Terry Harper. Looks like a Texas guy. I mean, I don't know what Texas guys look like, but he totally fits. The mustache, the the combed back hair, the, the major tan. The major, major tan. Yeah, major tan, <laughs> the mustache, the thick brown hair that's sort of like fluffy on top and nicely combed, but looks very 90s. College shirt. Texas, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that is... Terry Harper. Now, Terry Harper is very important to this story. So he claims that Wanda had tried to hire him as a hitman to kill Verna and Amber Heath. So, (laughs) yeah. Wow. So basically, and this story got national attention, right? It's like the story. I'm not recalling this story. I don't know why. I've never heard this story before, but this is good. This is interesting. Okay, I do remember this story. I didn't remember the details. Because you were a cheerleader. If I was a cheerleader, I would know the story. (laughs) But I wasn't in that group. So maybe that's why, or maybe it was also because me and my mom used to always like pay attention to crime cases when I was a teenager. (laughs) So we would always be like, ooh, let's watch this trial and court TV. And I don't know. I was always watching the news with my mom and kind of like paid attention. Or at cheer camp, you guys go around the campfire and tell (laughs) urban stories of cheerleaders who axed other cheerleaders. That's a good one. Oh my God. If only we were doing that. We were actually getting into trouble at cheer. Me and my friend with the brown hair in that picture, Sarah, she's still one of my best friends to this day. Uh, We were just being assholes at cheer camp because there were no parents there. And our cheer coach was like very lax. And so we would just get away with whatever we could get. I, I just cringe at my behavior back then. Uh, I've cleaned up my act since then somewhat. So, <laughs> yeah, the story got national attention. And so one of the, this is one of the many headlines, but it said the Texas cheerleader murder mom, you know, you can just picture it now. Right. And of course, like people in Texas are like, what the F? Like we already get a bad rap for certain, like, this is like the stereotypical Texas stage mom who wants to kill another mom and her daughter because that'll get her daughter on the cheer squad. I mean, it sounds so outrageous, but it is true. Well, murder is conflict resolution. 
This is true. And that she was mm-hmm. going to, this, mm-hmm. this was going to be a solve to her problem. This is going to be yeah. a solve to Shanna not making the squad. If she knocks these two out, then there's, there goes the competition. So uh, basically in, in August 26th of 1991, the trial of Wanda Holloway begins. It's the state of Texas versus Wanda Holloway. And she is on trial for solicitation of capital murder. Now, Terry Harper, the ex-brother-in-law, is the state's star witness. Now, though he's the star witness, he's not a desirable witness by any means. He was an often unemployed construction worker, married seven times. Seven? Yes. Now, interestingly, (laughs) married seven times, but his seventh marriage was to his sixth wife. (laughs) So it was like a remarriage, like, hey, just I'll try that over again. <laughs> yeah, let's just do, let's do a redo. Um, but that's not really all these reasons are not really why he was like an undesirable witness. But he also was described as like a stereotypical redneck, ran with a rough crowd. He'd done jail time multiple times for drugs and DUI. So you can see why he wouldn't be the best eyewitness because the jury has to find him credible. They have to believe what he's saying. And if he's got this criminal record and all this bizarre stuff going on in his life, they may not take him seriously. But he was the state's star witness. Now, Terry testified that Wanda visited his trailer home in the fall of 1990. This is the year before the high school, the Channel View High School tryouts. She comes to his home in 1990 and he says she asked him for a favor and said, basically, can you kill Verna and Amber Heath? And she apparently gave him a pair of diamond earrings as a down payment. So she was very serious about this. Looking back on it, Wanda probably kicks herself in the ass, but she likely thought that Terry Harper's criminal record was way more serious than it was. She probably thought like, yeah, he's going to be okay with killing somebody and doing this cold-blooded thing and he'll take the money and he'll just wash his hands of it. No big deal. But Terry Harper, yes, he had a record, but it was like somewhat innocent compared to what she probably thought it was, right? It's like DUI, Mm -hmm. drug charges. Yeah, he ran with a rough crowd, but what does rough crowd mean? Probably not like hardcore gangsters, you know? But she maybe just drinking too much on the weekends. (laughs) Yeah, which listen, so relatable. No, just kidding. (laughs) But uh, he's also what a former in-law. Yeah, exactly. He's a former Mm -hmm. in-law. You know, he he used he was he is her former husband's brother. Now, at the time, Terry says that he told Wanda, I can't do it, but I know somebody who can. Uh, But instead, he called authorities. So he did have a conscience, right? Like he knew the whole time he was not going to kill these two women for her. But he played along, said he knew somebody who could. Uh, allegedly took the diamond earrings as a down payment, but instead he immediately called authorities. And that is when authorities start investigating and wiretapping, like taping her conversations with Terry Harper. And those conversations are extremely telling and damning and interesting. Though Terry was not the state's ideal witness, they had Wanda's ass on tape. And these tapes are extremely damning. So when you, the jury was able to hear numerous tapes of Wanda and Terry on the phone together, and she's laughing aggressively, like almost like as if she's high on the fact that she's going to off these two women. And she's just laughing aggressively while they talk about the price. So, So this is where she decides to only off Verna and not Amber. And it all came down to price, if you can believe that. Well, I told you, you know, it was going to be 
expensive. You can't go around killing people just for the for a nickel and dime. You know? I mean, I understand that, but... $7,500 is the most for both of them to be dead. For both of them. $5,000 for the girl. So on these tapes that the jury hears, you have Terry who says about $7,500 for both to be killed. And that seems like a good deal. Honestly, it seems like a steal of a deal. (laughs) I know that (laughs) I'm like, that seems I don't know why I thought like murder should be like, I don't know, in the hundreds of thousands range you, but you would think and i'm sure i would imagine verna heath's very offended like bitch my life is worth way more than that but yeah, yeah so it was <laughs> well, a of course, the deal but mm-hmm. right so then terry uh qualifies it and he says 5000 for the girl and 2500 for the mother so it's 5000 if she only wants amber heath the cheerleader 2500 if she only wants verna so wanda says on tape this is exa- her exact quote she says Oh, the mother, she ain't worth a crap, is she? And then she laughs. <laughs> like this witchy, aggressive, forced laugh. So basically she's highlighting the fact that like, oh, you're going to charge me half to kill the mom. She ain't worth a crap, is she? I mean, she <sighs> literally is making jokes about this. It's insane. So then Wanda decides on only to have Verna killed and it all just comes down to budget. She, you know, her theory is... It's less expensive. She can't really afford to have both killed, although that is what she wanted. And she says that on tape, she'd rather have both, but she can't afford it. Wanda says, you know, basically if Verna dies, then Amber's going to be too distraught to try out. So therefore Shanna's competition would be gone. And that answers your question. Oh, okay. That was her theory. Now there's no guarantee that Amber wouldn't have still tried out, but you can imagine she would have been distraught. So, uh, you know, while Wanda's on trial, her church friends, you know, Wanda used to play piano at church, right? She's the socialite. Nobody, especially not her church friends, can believe that she's guilty of this crime. But they're in court. They hear these tapes. And that's Wanda Holloway discussing. I bet Wanda was really surprised that they had the tapes, you know, like, if she she probably thought optics, she could get out of it. But with the tapes, that's a different situation. Yeah, absolutely. Hearing those back is so cringy. And it's just so clear as day. It's clearly her. And it's clearly her asking for somebody to be killed and saying, I prefer for both of them to be killed. And oh, the mother, she ain't worth a crap, is she? And it just is very, very cold. It just tells you a lot about Wanda Holloway and how angry and like jealous she was. So the defense knows they have an uphill battle. Basically, uh, the defense is claiming that Terry Harper and Wanda's ex-husband, Tony, made the entire thing up just so Tony could get custody of the kids. That was their theory of the crime that they presented to the jury. Okay. Okay. So the defense is saying that Wanda had told Terry, uh, the guy who called in the tip, her ex-brother-in-law, that Wanda had told Terry to leave her alone several times, but he just kept harassing her. And essentially that Wanda was coerced by Terry to do this. But when you listen to the tapes, Wanda does not sound coerced at all. She is leading this conversation and asking qualifying questions like, well, how much for this? How much for that? So she does not sound coerced. So the defense really has an uphill battle in this, Um, but they've got to put on a defense, right? And that's what they Mm -hmm. chose. Now, the 
basically on so on September 3rd 1991 it was a hot summer day and the jury is gone to deliberate they've now heard the testimony from both sides and they have to decide on a verdict now the whole town of Channelview knew that the verdict was supposed to be read on this particular hot summer day so they are glued to their television sets at around 6 p.m. that night because it's like the biggest thing in town so The jury comes back and they find Wanda Holloway guilty of solicitation of murder, which seems, you never want to say obvious because there have been surprise verdicts, but it's like those tapes just spoke volumes. Yeah, obvious. She gets sentenced to, now Wanda is bawling her eyes out in court and they have video of this and she's begging the judge for mercy. The judge is like, F that. Uh, He didn't say that. That's my words. (laughs) (laughs) that. I think I would if I was. I'd be like, fuck that. You're going to prison for life. So he sentences her to 15 years to life. But the defense was not done. They had an ace up their sleeves. They won. They won. What else could they want at this point? Well, the prosecution won because she was sentenced to 15 years to life, but the the defense had one more ace up their sleeve. Oh, sorry. Not the prosecutor. The defense had a... had yes. an ace up their sleeve. Sorry yes, yes. That. Sorry, okay. why I didn't qualify. But yeah, the prosecution essentially got what they wanted. 15 years to life. However, the defense is like, uh-uh-uh, hold my beer. Here we go. <laughs> and so the defense calls to the judge's attention that it turns out one of the jury members was on probation at the time that they served as a juror and they're not supposed to serve on a jury while they're on probation. And guess what? Wanda got works. lucky. Wanda gets lucky, the entire verdict gets thrown out. Thrown out over that one juror. So that was a really good move by the defense. Now, of course, Verna Heath, whose life was at stake here, felt completely robbed, like this was just taking advantage of a legal loophole. So 1996 rolls around, and this is Wanda's second trial. Now, this time she'd learned her lesson, and she probably took the advice of her attorneys, and she pleaded no contest. And it worked big time in her favor because this time around, she was sentenced to 10 years in prison. However, she only served six months. Why only six months? How does she get away with six months? I have no idea. I don't know if it was like she got, I I, I don't know. Maybe it was good behavior or due to like sentencing uh, guidelines at the time, but it's completely shocking that she got out in six months, but was sentenced to 10 years. Yeah, she she was released in February of 97. That was just the year after she went on trial. Holy smokes. Can you imagine how Verna felt? So, you know, she was only 42 years old when she got released from prison. And essentially, of course, that is, I think anybody would say, like, that is not justice, right? I mean, she really clearly was gunning to have this woman killed and said on tape she'd rather have both of them but couldn't afford it. So imagine if Terry would have carried this murder out. I mean, gosh, it just it's crazy. So it could have ended a lot worse than it did, but she certainly tried her best to make it end in a really bad way. So is this town big enough for the both of them? Does she move? What happens to Wanda? She has to move out of town. Well, you might be a little surprised. Uh, Wanda and her daughter, Shanna, basically, you know, they'll have to live at this stain forever. So if you're talking about punishment, that is probably the only form of punishment that Wanda will have to suffer is that this stain will be on her forever, right? Her reputation is ruined, but she's out of prison and she has been for decades. And 
after this, you know, the little town of Channel View, it slips out of the spotlight. Amber Heath uh-huh. continues on cheerleading. She was eventually crowned homecoming queen. And can you imagine Wanda would freaking love that, wouldn't she? <laughs> like <laughs> this chick, not only does she beat my daughter out, you know, so many times she goes, she gets crowned homecoming queen. It's like a slap in the face to jealous ass Wanda. But imagine the whole high school just rallying around Amber. I mean, she's the victim in this. Like, yeah. And then her friend, like, Shauna, right? Is Sh- it- uh, Shanna. I think it's Shanna. 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 So Shanna has to go to school with Amber still. Yes. So Shanna, I felt bad for Shanna because Shanna's Absolutely. like an innocent bystander here. Yeah. And her mom's crazy as shit. And putting her in this predicament... I mean, is she like an outsider now in, at her high school? I wonder how the kids treat her. Well, basically, Shanna Harper goes on to graduate from Channel View High School. She ended up getting married. She had two sons. Um, according to my research, she was a teacher at one time or another. She might still be now. And she now goes by Shanna Widner, W-I-D-N-E-R. Uh, Verna Heath, her mother, according to her LinkedIn, it indicates she's still in Channel View. And... Um, C.D. Holloway, interestingly, uh, Wanda's husband at the time of this murder plot, he kind of quietly divorces her while she's in jail. And um, yeah. Smart move. Smart move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Bye. You're slightly crazy. (laughs) And you're spending my money on killing people, bitch. Like, I need to buy a Mustang. And a defense team. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. That could not have that, been cheap, right? No, no. So he leaves her while she's in prison. Now, C.D. Holloway goes on to remarry. He has a child with his new wife, but he ended up dying in 2006. Now, Wanda Holloway has kept a pretty low profile. There's really not much online about Wanda Holloway, which that kind of makes sense. And Shanna uh, Harper, who's now Shanna Widner, uh, did go on to do an interview. One of the interviews was was with Good Morning America. And she did confirm that her mom is in her life today, but they're not super close. Like they're not the typical close mom and daughter. However, Shanna's sons have brought them closer together. And Wanda is in her boys' lives as a grandmother. Um, and Shanna is quoted as saying, you know, I have a different parenting style than my mom. I'm not a stage mom. Or I don't hire hip hitmen. <laughs> I mean, to call Wanda Holloway a stage mom is, is such a, a disservice. Is, like, is it a is, service? It, yeah, yeah. That's it an really, understatement. <laughs> yeah, she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs mom who was literally willing to wipe out her daughter's competition. And she wanted them both gone, just wiped from the face of the earth. My thoughts go to both of the daughters. You know, well, first of all... <laughs> I'm so glad you told me about this case. This case is crazy. Like it really it is. is crazy. But it but I, you know what I'm finding is I'm really interested in their lives post these crimes. You know, I'm wondering how these family dynamics stay together or not or if they should even stay together. Can you imagine Shauna talk is Sh- uh, sorry, it's uh Shanna, Shanna. I think Shanna. it's Shanna, S-H-A-N-N-A. But Shanna, if, if Shanna goes to her therapist, like, tell me about your past. And her saying to the therapist, well, my mom tried to, you know, kill my best friend's mom and my best friend. And I still want to have a relationship with her. Well, 
And, you know, family dynamics are so complicated as you know. Oh, I know. know. And not to get too personal. Again, we will, we could dive into this another day, but you of all people know that um, just because you share DNA with somebody does not mean you have to be bound and tied to this person for the rest of your life. You can remove somebody from your life who is blood related to you for very good reasons sometimes. And so it is interesting that what that Shanna allows Wanda to be in her life. And maybe that's the best thing for her boys. And she wants to give them that experience. But maybe she kind of like keeps her at a distance. It sounds like they just like she did say we're not close. But she is in our lives and mostly for the sake of my boys. So well, I'm curious what listeners are, you know, the lie detectors, what they think of this, because I vote that she does not have a relationship with her mom. I think that is something that, because to me, her mom's actions are not just an isolated event. It's it's a character, it's, it's a morality issue. She's yes. a psychopath. Um, to be laughing at murdering two people, and to that's her first one of her strategies is to kill to to fix a problem um yeah that's that's a different level and the, you know even if she's not a psychopath she's a narcissistic mother no doubt oh yeah no she's doubt. definitely let's dive into her psychology there's got to be something going on there you and i are not doctors but i mean it doesn't take a genius yeah. to to figure yeah. out like there is something so there's a personality about, disorder here there's something <laughs> at the very least that, and she literally was going to kill the teenage daughter too like she literally just nonchalantly is like kind of like in so many words like i want to kill them both or she didn't say this but like i want them both but i can't afford it so let's just do the mom she ain't worth a crap it just it's it's absolutely so insane so i wouldn't blame shanna if she had completely cut her mom out of her life but i also don't blame her for allowing her to be in her life somewhat i i have some family dynamics where it was hard for me to understand why somebody so close to me would allow this other person who is in their, you know, related to them to be in their lives. But I had to respect it because this person who just really wants to be close to this other person, no matter what they did, it's like that yearning to have, you know, that, that familial relationship, even though what they did to this person is just so horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, So family dynamics are complicated. We all have some level of this. Now, I don't have anybody in my family who tried to to a murder for hire for cheerleading, uh, but that is just on another level. But mm-hmm. I am curious to hear what the lie detectors think, what they, you know, do they have any empathy for Wanda? Uh, do they think that, you know, Terry, do they think that Wanda would have really let Terry go through with it? Um, do you think that's what she really wanted? Do you think that she has any remorse over this? Or do you think she's the type that's like still finding ways to kind of blame it on something else or to deflect? So interesting case, but I appreciate you sitting with me and listening to this crazy story. All right, lie detectors, we want to hear your hot takes on this case. What are your thoughts on one up or Wanda? Do you think she would have let Terry go through with it? And how about the second trial and how she only served six months out of a 10 year sentence. Also, what's your experience with cheerleading lie detectors? We want to know, like, have you been a part of this whole cheerleading thing and the competition and the popularity and the, and the intense competition? Tell us your cheerleading stories. 
Follow us at Lipstick and Lies on Instagram and TikTok to chat with us and suggest cases for us to cover on the podcast. Also subscribe to the Lipstick and Lies YouTube channel. We do a video version of every episode. So check that out if you want to see the look on our faces reacting to some of these lady liars. And if you enjoy Lipstick and Lies, please rate and review the show in any podcast app. And we would just be so grateful if it was five stars that you gave us. And listen, lie detectors, we all know that crime is usually a good old boys club, but sometimes the truth lies behind lipstick. Thanks for listening, lie detectors. We'll see you in a couple of weeks for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.